Hello and welcome to CXR, Careers in Radiology. If there's anything you'd like to hear from us, please get in touch either via our Twitter account, CareersRads, or via email, cxrpod at gmail.com. Think about what's right for you, be well, and keep in touch. Welcome! Dr. Sadaf Bhuta is a pediatric radiologist at Seattle Children's and an associate professor of radiology at University of Washington. She is board certified in diagnostic radiology and pediatric radiology by the American Board of Radiology. In addition to general pediatric radiology, her areas of expertise are in congenital cardiac imaging and pediatric interventional radiology. Her main areas of research are cardiac MRI and CT scans for a variety of congenital heart diseases, as well as ways to reduce radiation in patients undergoing CT scans. She has been invited faculty at national and international meetings to lecture on cardiac imaging. She is also a founding member of the Society of Pediatric Interventional Radiology and has a long-standing interest in minimally invasive procedures for children. Dr. Bhutta earned her Bachelor's of Medicine from King Edward Medical College in Pakistan and trained in Diagnostic Radiology and Pediatric Radiology at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, UAMS. After nearly 10 years as faculty member there, she is now enjoying the Northwest and her work at UW and Seattle Children's. So welcome, uh, Dr. Bhutta. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I understand that you're incredibly busy, uh, so it means a lot to have you here. Um, to begin, to sort of set the stage for what it is uh, you see on the day-to-day uh, as, a, as a pediatric radiologist, interventional radiologist, um, uh, what does a typical day or a typical week entail for you? Uh, first off, Fiona, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor just to um, talk to you and hopefully your listeners um, about radiology and uh, specifically pediatric radiology. Um, so the reason I'm going to kind of back up a little about what is pediatric radiology in relation or in comparison to the, the rest of the specialties Um Thank you. If you do, if you do, yeah, subspecialization in radiology and how th- how that differs, and that, that kind of then leads into what the usual day or week looks like. So um, when I was in the middle of my residency, and you have to kind of you know make that call and start interviewing for fellowships and such, um, I was kind of it was an interesting time for me because I would literally kind of have anxiety and panic about oh my god I know all of these things across the systems and all these modalities and if I pick a fellowship which at the time I was the reason I had gone into radiology was to do interventional radiology so um, I was thinking if I pick one thing like neuro or IR or body or MSK I, I would be relegated to just that you know body system or just a, a couple of modalities and I, I'm not gonna use all this knowledge because you definitely by the end of your senior year in residency you're you're kind of at the peak of your um, radiology knowledge mm-hmm. uh, senior resident knows the most <laughs> out of <laughs> all the all the radiologists, whether they're their tens and whatever. It's kind of it was hard for me personally because I didn't want to give um, any or all of that up. I did want to do a fellowship and do some kind of specialization, and that's the beauty of um, beauty of pediatrics is that you you actually get to do all of that. You get to do all body systems and all modalities. Um, it's just it's restricted um, age-wise, so up till you know from birth to 18. Um, but I really felt that that was a was gonna be a good fit for me, and um, it kind of pacified my the anxiety that I was feeling about giving up, giving up um, all the knowledge that I had gained during the residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also. Um, got to do interventional radiology as part of pediatric interventional radiology so that was the best of both the worlds for me and it just personally um, spoke to every part of my um, 
you know my my thirst as for what my profession or what my career is going to look like um it just you know filled all the gaps Absolutely. so saying that that we do all the modalities and we do it across all body systems um it just is a, a little bit more of an interesting week uh, um i would say then then your typical other specialties right so like a neuroradiologist mm-hmm. and they know that all they're going to be seeing are the mris and cts of the head i mean it's a very specific thing or or the or the women's imaging or the mammographers they they're just um looking at rests either on you know plain films as mammograms or mris or at the most ultrasound but that's the only body part that they're going to be looking at and so on in pediatrics on the flip side i my we kind of switch up uh, our schedule every day and that's usually the case across all pediatric uh, radiology departments um across the world mm-hmm. um so one day i might be on plain films the other day i might be doing ultrasound um or ct or or nukes or mri so um it's a different thing every day which i enjoy it kind of keeps my add part of part of my brain satisfied also because uh, then I, i know i would get bored uh, doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again uh, so um so there's that but then also because i'm in academic medicine i do get um a day of research a week and i'm also the program director for the fellowship uh, for the pediatric radiology fellowship so i also get admin time um usually about um one day a week as well so so those um academic responsibilities coupled with the clinical duties is what makes um what makes a week for me great thank you so much for that um now that you've had the opportunity to explain a bit about pediatric interventional radiology would you mind sharing with us a bit like do you consider yourself more of the 9 to 5 person or the 24/7 person and perhaps has that changed as your career has evolved let's say um yeah that definitely has changed um cuz you know you just have more energy when you're just um at a residency fellowship you have <laughs> more verve for your you know career and you just want um to do all these things and you have all these ideas and it's and part of it is that some of it is expected as well because you're on this uh in academic institutes obviously i'm not talking about private practices now but in academic institutes um you're on a on a timeline you're on a 7 year clock 6 to 7 year clock of um you have to do that many depending on your university you have to do that many research projects you have to mm. um have that many publications or grants or you know have give lectures or whatever have you whatever your university's requirement is um it's so so academic medicine in general is like a three-pronged thing so you have your clinical duties which is one third and then your um research or scholarly activities which is the the second leg of the stool and then um and then teaching as is your third leg of the stool so you have to kind of balance all of that and so yes at the beginning of my career i definitely relatively more of a hectic schedule call wise and and how the day looks like then the diagnostic side the diagnostic side is more of an 8 to 5 um kind of a job um obviously all it also entails calls and such but mm-hmm. um it is where i have been practicing in the past and current practice um the call schedule for diagnostic radiology is definitely um i would say half the call burden as the interventional radiologists do so um i i did do as i said interventional radiology and i was taking uh, i was in the call pool for the ir up till i would say about 4 years ago mm-hmm. is when i finally kind of decided to slow down a little bit um uh because you know i just i just realized that i kind of sort of had fulfilled all my ir dreams and um and i also realized that without an actual year of fellowship training in adult ir or even peds ir i had just done my interventional training as part of my diagnostic peds fellowship year mm-hmm. um i felt 
that things were getting more advanced and more complex complex um mm-hmm. the procedure themselves and uh just the patient selection so i decided considering all of that like the call schedule and just you know giving myself some room to breathe as i get into my you know mid part of my career and such um i decided to kind of back off from ir so I, I currently i'm purely doing um diagnostic pediatric radiology great thank you for that um would you mind discussing uh, a few common patient profiles with us yeah so um as i said you know uh, even though as a pediatric radiologist you do get to do everything but things obviously are getting more subspecialized even within peds and so um currently i feel in the current environment um people are are um doing maybe a second year of subspecialization within peds so like peds neuro or peds msk or peds mm-hmm. ir um and that is sort of what is trending right now and that's where the job market is also going because hospitals are also looking into providing more subspecialized care because they're especially like the the bigger or or well known children's hospitals like like mm-hmm. adult hospitals are looking into forming um, you know centers of excellence for for whatever disease process um, you might want to pick up every every hospital i feel has at least a few of those So um so saying that um you know generally Seattle Children's Hospital is a tertiary care hospital uh we do see more complex uh patients because our catchment area is quite large um our neighboring states do not really have any children's hospital and so it's actually called it's like a sub region of the the northwest uh, us and um our neighboring states and all of them included uh, are called the wami region and wami mm-hmm. starts stands for washington wyoming um, alaska montana and idaho mm-hmm. my and next so question was the, going to be about the catchment area so you've great you're yeah on the right track so, yeah. <laughs> we have like a, a massive um you know catchment area for all the more complex uh, pediatric you know patients coming to us because obviously there are tons of um private hospitals that will usually see the more um, non complex patients like just mm-hmm. you know just plain old pneumonias or acute appendicitis and such which we also see those but for the most part we do see more complex patients so yeah. um our hemong department for instance has uh, you know is really big and sees all these uh, pediatric cancers right so brain tumors and sarcomas and where some of the uh, patients who are into the adult age group so they're past like age 18 definitely mm-hmm. 21 but if they have like a pediatric um, cancer they will still be seen at at the children's hospital okay so so we have like a big uh, population of pediatric cancer patients then we also have like a very robust transplant center uh for cardiac transplants and and uh, renal and hepatic and um pancreas and so we see all the pre and post transplant um complications and um and such and then um yeah we just have uh we just have like pretty much across the board any any pediatric uh, disease process that you can think of we do see uh patients um across as i said at the more complex end of it mm-hmm. and so you mentioned you were previously at arkansas and uh now you've made the move to the pacific northwest uh uh so obviously some of the work at at uh seattle children's is is um in line with with your interests and allows you to pursue sort of things that that you're excited about in in your specialty would you mind sharing a bit about that um you know what are your interests yeah. what are you working on now uh or what right. are you excited about in general yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's a great question no because i 
um as i i've i've mentioned that yes i used to do uh interventional radiology because that was my reason to even get into radiology to begin with but uh my other love which i am still pursuing um wholeheartedly is ironically it's uh it's congenital heart disease i um i love doing congenital heart disease the all all the cardiac imaging that entails um uh that particular area so the both the cardiac mris and cts um and we do a slew of cases again uh, most currently just standing out in my brain currently because of um covid-19 we are seeing myocarditis um because of the virus itself um we also saw um quite a few cases come through for post vaccine myocarditis um as soon as the the pediatric age range um kids started getting the vaccines a few months ago mm-hmm. uh, that i've seen kind of taper off um so we we do that we do muscular dystrophies we do obviously the the very uh, bread and butter Uh, congenital heart disease such as uh, tetralogy of fallow follow ups transposition of great arteries mm-hmm. um you know any of those ventricular physiologies so the fontan patients and all their complications through their staged um surgeries um pre and post so that is something that i um, enjoy doing um i'm one of um five people in my group that uh, do cardiac imaging and um that's mm-hmm. my area of research and my area of expertise if you want to call it that i i give um you know talks at the at the meetings um for congenital heart disease yeah that's definitely that's definitely my love within the within the realm of, of teens great great yeah cardiac congenital cardiac imaging brilliant um and so uh i think we mentioned this uh when we were attempting to record this episode uh the first time uh but we did mention that you're you find that in national and international conferences you're seeing more women represented in radiology uh and that that seemed seemed to excite you it's it's great to see uh women Absolutely. in the specialty uh would you would you uh comment on sort of what what it's been like being being a woman and also a mom uh in radiology um absolutely i feel uh radiology is um is a great specialty for women in general and um definitely uh in the pediatric realm and pediatrics doesn't matter whichever specialty it is if definitely has a higher number in general um than adult um uh, specialties mm-hmm. but yeah um there's definitely more women than other um uh, specialties even within radiology in pediatrics which is always so heartening to see and always so great like women make such a you know we make a good tribe we we hold <laughs> each other up you know uh, give encouragement to each other we are good moral support uh, women make excellent mentors to their juniors um so it's you know you hold each other up instead of uh, you know the whole atmosphere becomes a little bit more gentler i feel um when there are more women around so mm-hmm. so yeah i i love working with with my uh, female colleagues it's, it's always good times <laughs> then as you said like at meetings and such as well i've seen over the course of my 20 plus years of career that there are definitely more and more women and not just um as a junior um attending and such but also in in leadership positions which is always um great because just generally if you if you look across um all careers in in any in any uh, profession um women in leadership definitely just bring up the whole um company or the whole department um up uh, mm-hmm. not to men men are not good leaders also but we we've seen in the last few years that there are uh, problems with that but just generally speaking it's <laughs> great to see women in more more leadership positions absolutely thank you for that um 
you mentioned mentorships and and we'll get back to your mentorships that helped you to to get to where you are but um uh, are there any perhaps like professional organizations or things you're involved with that maybe medical students could participate in in some capacity any recommendations ah uh, that is a good question so i would say that just for general um general radiology guidance or just to kind of take a peek behind the curtains and see what what makes radiology take or why would you mm-hmm. be interested in radiology um there are at least a couple of really good options um depending on where you feel comfortable so yeah uh, rsna or radiological society of north america is by far the biggest society for radiology mm-hmm. um they have their annual meeting in chicago usually the week um after thanksgiving um in the us so that's usually the last week of november going into the first week of december which you know nobody's really <laughs> really wild about spending you know winters in chicago but holiday yeah. time <laughs> yeah exactly so it's good it makes for a good shopping experience if, if you raise that but um, bring a coat chicago is super cold and windy as they call it for mm-hmm. sure but the reason behind uh, why they do it in in that city over and over and over again every year is because uh, it truly is one of the largest conventions in the world mm-hmm. um back when like at least 10 years ago when i was still going fairly regularly i had heard that like 60 60,000 plus people register for that meeting meeting every year so for yeah. 60,000 people to like come into a town and then to have all that basic infrastructure of like you know hotels and restaurants and shuttles and you know like even the size of the convention center and all of that um Chicago I, I feel like fulfills all of their needs and so um so that's why it's held in Chicago but saying that 60,000 people in a meeting it's a it's a massive meeting and you can sort of kind of feel a little lost if you don't do your homework and actually write down there's 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 so many like within all the subspecialties of of radiology mm. there are at any given time i don't know like i'm just saying that but it feels like at least 100 lectures going on at any given moment um and so it's actually hard to like pick and choose um what you really want to hear you know even if you just don't even have the program in your hand and you wander down the halls and just poke your head in in any given room and there are like thousands of rooms um you will learn something mm-hmm. and and it's a great place to um network and meet up everybody from not just across north america but also across the world because it truly is a global meeting mm-hmm. um So there's that. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other side I feel for medical students and junior residents is the uh society like the ARRS, the American uh Rengen Ray Society. Mm-hmm. That's a smaller that's a smaller meeting, uh but it's it's very academically um like pointedly academic and both these both these societies also uh have a workshop uh mostly geared towards the junior residents but um but the medical students can kind of sort of look into it but uh they have a workshop geared towards the second year residents for introduction to academic radiology uh it's a course that i um took um not at RSNA but at the Rengen Ray meeting in Seattle actually interestingly that was way mm-hmm. back way back before i, I even was thinking that could be a possibility so that was in early 2000s um but that was also a great way to uh, network with my co-residents my peers um across the country and such um so in a much smaller setting that also kind of gives you a really good introduction to to radiology in mm-hmm. general and so those are the general radiology meetings that i would um yeah. rec- highly but then of course there are all the specialty meetings right so right. like society of pediatric radiology uh, society of pediatric interventional radiology there is a pediatric <laughs> neuroradiology meeting there is like you know all sorts of 
yeah. uh, subspecies that. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, You touched a little bit on the complexity of, you know, looking at the RSNA meeting map, uh, you know, 60,000 participants potentially. And that's exactly why uh, I think this sort of forum of finding out why radiologists made their choice and that sort of thing is incredibly important to students because things, as you mentioned, are getting more and more subspecialized and it's really hard to kind of see, you know, where 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 we could potentially fit uh, down the road. So um, thank you for sort of calling that image to mind of, you know, uh, hundreds of rooms and hundreds of possibilities. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. Talk to people and sort of uh, help put a familiar uh, face on some of the immense options that we get. So thank you. Um, You're absolutely welcome. And you know, the, like the possibilities are endless within um, within radiology. It's it's uh, you can make your own career based on um, a either like you know you either go into radiology knowing exactly what you want to do and and then you pursue that. Um, or you go in with a completely open mind and, um, you know, you're like, okay, whatever tickles my fancy, you know, whatever um, gets me interested. Um, or C, in my case, like I went into radiology thinking that, oh, I'm definitely going to do IR. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I switch in, in between and like I switched to P's, but then I also ended up uh, practicing P's IR for several years. So... There's so much going on currently in radiology and so much research in, um, uh, in advanced imaging within any or all um, aspects of radiology, both on the adult and the peach side, that um, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting um, field. If you're a visual person, if, if you love anatomy and physiology and surgery and, and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and... It just is something that um, gives you back that satisfaction tenfold. I feel um, when you're making when you're making a difference in the life of a patient, and and your uh, referring physicians, your clinicians that that um, call you up to to kind of pick your brain of like so what do you think like this is what's going on clinically and so this is what we're thinking clinically what do you think and so we're we're kind of like the the end game for so many things like so what do you think because they they do understand that we obviously you know you go through five years of residency and a year of fellowship and like you're super trained and you know um, I mean, some people say that we're jack of all trades, but then again, depending on your subspecialization, you you can be the master of whatever you're you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, kind of like that last call for that clinician of like, hey, have you considered a X Y Z or whatever, you know? So um, it's just it's so it's so rewarding. Right, right. Uh, thank you for that. Um... Uh, it's it's lovely to get a bit of perspective on that uh, here. And how did you get here? You've already mentioned, uh, you know, uh, from from A to B, uh, from medical school to radiology residency, uh, and then to peds specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, like um, radiology itself was kind of like a last minute almost feels like a last minute decision for me because in med school I was all um, set to do surgery okay and but I was thinking I pediatrics and, and, and it had to be a theme because my dad is a pediatrician my brother is a pediatrician so that was like you know definitely something that was talked around the dining table and um, at meal times and such but um, but I, I wanted to do something in surgery and I was I was on my path to go to um, UK for my post graduation, but then I got engaged. <laughs> As personal life intersects with your professional life, my my fiance he had no interest in going to UK. And he wanted to come to the states and uh, and pursue. He, at, at the time, he wanted to do cardiology. He ended up doing nephrology, but um, mm-hmm. but he was like. Yep. 
that's what we're doing and so then i had to kind of do a little switcheroo i'm sorry my dogs kind of barking in the back <laughs> that's <laughs> totally no different. problem i know every time somebody walks like on the street <laughs> and she kind of gets berserk um oh yeah so um oh what was i talking about <laughs> he he decided to do nephrology and you oh. moved to the states so i was like i don't want to spend all my time in these dark dingy rooms and you know like i just i'm such an extrovert and a people's person i'm like i want to be out there <laughs> you know take care of the patients and such and this is i'm talking about late 90s right mid to late 90s and so radiology at least back in pakistan was super in its infancy i mean we had one ct scanner there were no mri scanners we had wow. one ct scanner which used to be broke most of the time so i had actually never even seen a ct scan um, outside of textbooks but mm-hmm. um it just so happened that uh, my brother and sister-in-law were doing their residencies in arkansas and uh my sister-in-law got me an observership kind of an elective uh for 6 weeks with the radiology department both on the peach side and on the at the university on the adult side as well um the mm-hmm. program director happened to be a pediatric radiologist and um she kind of sort of took me under her wing and i just realized from day 1 um how much i loved radiology and it was like literally it was like coming home <laughs> it was just like i can't describe that feeling of um realizing that oh i can actually see things so i i never before that had known that about myself that i was i was a visual person and that i that i can see in 3d or i can you know imagine things you know the organs or disease processes in in um that kind of a visual mental detail um or just just picking up picking out uh abnormalities on even on a plane film um or ultrasound which is i feel like it's the hardest modality for non radiologists um or beginner radiologists um so that was that was an interesting insight into myself and i realized i loved it every single bit of it mm-hmm. um and that's how i ended up um, applying for and matching with with radiology yeah that was my journey But then as I mentioned that I I was interested in IR because I felt that yeah that high that I would always get in the ORs and and just you know working with my hands and doing things you know um making actual uh, you know doing the procedures with your hand that kind of uh joy that I would get in the ORs kind of translated into the into the IR suites and so I was like okay well I'm doing radiology but I'm going to end up doing IR so that I can still do procedures I still get that um that satisfaction of of making a difference um by actually doing something with my hands um but then as I as I mentioned earlier just like <laughs> that also switched in you know mid residency I'm like okay I guess I'm doing peds but then I ended up you know practicing peds IR for several years so So it all worked out in the end. Um but yeah, it was an interesting path and everybody everybody has their own path. You just have to find yours. Great. Great. Fantastic to hear. Um yeah, it's wonderful that you got that opportunity that really opened your eyes to all the potentials of radiology yeah. and and after that you went with it. Great. Um Yeah, it's definitely um I would say you know fate definitely plays a hand and i i've i've kind of become a strong believer in that but you know <laughs> there is such a thing as yes you make decisions based on the choices that you have at the time and such but um but everything has to be lined up just right to where you know if you look back then you're like oh yeah true true thank you for that one thing so one thing we haven't mentioned yet really is like say say you were to be our professor or attending or you know potential colleague one day uh how do you describe your personality i'm pretty sure that you figured that out <laughs> by now listening to me <laughs> but um i am definitely an extrovert and i you know like you don't have to be a rocket scientist scientist to um realize that about yourself but i i knew that you know going in and so it's 
it's unusual to have extroverts in radiology because um i feel like because of the fact that we're kind of behind the scenes people and and as i mentioned earlier that we do hide out in you know dark rooms and uh have have a very little patient interaction per se i think it it tends to um call more to the introverts of the world <laughs> people who yeah. want to be <laughs> talking to other people a lot um and they can do things kind of hiding behind the monitors and such but at the same time there are people like me out there as well that you know um you don't have to hide out in the in the reading room by yourself all day you can interact with your own colleagues or with your clinicians or even go out and say hi to the patient and their family and you know um you can make it into your own uh for sure and so i um remember when i first joined seattle children's uh, a few years ago um there was a team building uh, workshop over the weekend and they had us fill out this personality test and then you know you were assigned a number based on that test and um and we were all told to kind of form a u shaped uh like a u shape in in this long meeting room and i remember like most of my colleagues literally almost all of my colleagues kind of huddled together near one end of, end of the room and then there were like a couple in the middle somewhere and then there was me and one of my other colleagues who's also super jovial and loud and just just an extrovert you know you can see that with him walking down the hallway so me and him we were kind of literally out the other other <laughs> like it was an interesting visual um of what of what we are as individually and as a group and everybody was just cracking up because it was so true like most most people in radiology are introverts and i think that's that's the uh, that's just you know what what the specialty is and it's um, but being an extrovert in radiology i would say that it, you can totally make it your own and you can absolutely thrive in it and i'm here to say that yes i have and um uh, it's it's not like oh my god you'll be suffocated and how will you you know live um mm-hmm. hiding, hiding in the dark rooms behind monitors you can definitely do it thank you for that um i think it's really important to talk about because you know uh, believe it or not like yeah it, it is hard to uh, gauge uh with with our two weeks in the radiology department potentially uh alongside our core rotations in in med school whether whether it really does click with us and so right. really anything and everything with that helps uh so thank you so much again absolutely that yeah and that i th- i feel like your local um radiology department um you can go up to whoever your program director is or even your chief residents um within the department of radiology um you can definitely ask them for like um some kind of a one-on-one couple of hours even in a social setting outside of the the college or hospital um if you can um talk to a few of the the residents and kind of pick their brains on like hey what do you what do you think about it now that you're in it um any regrets you know or or any uh, surprises or or like good or bad um so you can definitely if you think that you would even be remotely interested in radiology i feel like you should take the initiative and um go into the department talk to find the extroverts <laughs> in the department <laughs> and uh, just pick people's brain and just see uh, what you feel and 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 you're right sometimes uh, you just don't have the time and two weeks is definitely not enough time um to realize that but but kind of take that initiative of go for it out. yeah yeah exactly reaching out and and you learn so much more than just sitting in a reading room behind somebody's um uh, back looking over um for two weeks mm-hmm. of your, your thank you so much yeah. Um, yeah absolutely and what was there anyone anyone who want to you know give a special thanks oh, to sure. mentors oh, who helped so so many people so the program director that i was mentioning sally klein sally klein was like my you know like the person who always encouraged me who she was like the best best program director and and you know in my life as a program director i've always tried to emulate her and her kindness and her 
astuteness into what you know because because you're taking care of like at any given time you're taking care of so many different personalities like in the in the residency or the fellowship like so many different mm-hmm. people come through but you have to you have to be their person in whatever capacity that that they need you to be yeah um on top of like mentoring them um as well so uh i will always be so thankful to her and then my peds fellowship uh, program director dr um theodora vandezom we called her dr v um she was a dutch immigrant um and settled in georgia in her teens and so she had this so it's such an interesting dutch southern accent <laughs> i'm i'm trying to imagine it now yeah what a how yeah, unusual yeah. Right. No, so she's both of them are retired and Dr. V lives in Georgia now and Dr. Klein lives in uh, Florida living their best um, retired life and I'm still <laughs> in touch with them. Dr. V you was like I I told her that so many times that she was like my surrogate mom. She, you know, mentored me and encouraged me and and I was going through some personal stuff and she was like always there for me. It was it was insane. Um And then uh Dr. Bruce Greenberg, he was my mentor for cardiac imaging. I remember like he um uh, cuz I I was always interested in PET, so he kind of mm. one day uh, asked me if he if I wanted to do a paper with him on something, something congenital heart disease and I said yes. And then during my residency every year we we would do at least one project and and present it at meetings. So he was like my true true academic mentor. He he showed me how to write up a paper how to uh, talk at a you know at a meeting like in a, in a public setting um how to prepare for that he like pretty much taught me everything that i know as well for like congenital heart disease and then encouraged me also as a junior faculty to participate in the societies and you know volunteer for yeah. all the all the committees and such and um so yeah all of that i owe to him so so there are like some numerous people that i can keep naming like all all hour long absolutely um, that help me get to where i am today well th- thank you so much for sharing that uh, so you probably say you know we we have a question which is like what what would you advise medical students do you have a prescription for them so i i'd assume you'd add to that mentorships are very important <laughs> uh in 100% yeah. uh, find yourself um somebody who is and you might not find everything that you're wanting in uh, one person um you might find you know you sometimes you just have to have multiple mentors right so some one person who can guide you through like the whole maze that is the medical school right and yeah. then um we, we, and and those are the people that will guide you um so that you end up doing what you are meant to do or what you want to do or what you you know what you're good at and such instead of pushing you into um this set box that they feel um is, is going to be good for you so Absolutely. so you need that person then you need another another person and it might be the same person too but usually they're not um somebody who's like an academic mentor right somebody who can actually teach you how to do all of that like how how do you do research how do you write up papers how do you um get published how do you know all of that stuff um or if you're into like bench research and such so so and again you might even have like two or three different people that um can do all of that academic mm-hmm. kind of mentor you um so find your tribe find your people that that are going to be your support system your team they're going to be on your team throughout the whole thing and there are so many out there you just have to you just have to find them and then don't don't hesitate go up to them and, and that's that's the beauty of, mm-hmm. of academic centers like go up to them and ask them if if you can hang out with them if you if they would be willing to mentor you um even if there is not a formal mentoring um uh, program at your place um you know they, they i've always had informal mentors and so 
I just I feel you know that you just have to like like leave your shyness on the side and just go up to them and ask people for help and and they will and sometimes you know you'll find somebody who's not that <laughs> forthcoming <laughs> yeah but take it in stride take it yeah, in stride yeah keep on moving on and go on to the next person that you know that's going to help you um improve yourself and further your cause and you know get you to where you want to go Thank you. Thanks so much for that. Um and uh just just really briefly uh we're we're coming to the end of our interview today and thank you so much for for taking the time. Uh I I know yeah. you're a very busy woman. Uh but uh so one last thing. What 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 would you say from all your experience teaching, mentoring uh and in leadership makes a good radiologist? Who who's going to be a good radiology trainee? just a few words. Oh, well, now that's such a good question. <laughs> you know, that's still still a mystery to me. <laughs> Somebody can look like the perfect candidate. They have like, you know, pages of of research or publication or bench research or they have done tons of like volunteer work whatever in their college or even in med school or they are mm-hmm. uh they have won all these um awards in the in the radiology meetings and such like the RSNA meeting or whatever um mm-hmm. and they can still be horrible <laughs> like <laughs> as far as like, picking up stuff you know in radiology and stuff so so there is not really a prescription that i can say i just feel like i've seen people come from all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and meet fabulous residents amazing residents and then obviously subsequently amazing uh, radiologists and they've gone so far um in their careers and so there is not really the basic thing i feel is that um obviously you have to have the eye right you got to see things i mean i have also seen yeah. a handful of not too many but a handful of residents that come through and bless their hearts they just could not for the life of them see uh what's going on in an image right and and that's something you can't really i mean yes that's our job to train them but mm-hmm. like if you're seeing something over and over and over again it's just like it's not going to happen but you got to keep moving and, <laughs> and find something that that you're good at um see so, so so that's like a basic necessity kind of a thing and don't worry if you like as a medical student you're like oh my god i don't know what i'm seeing <laughs> on on a or on a plane so yes i don't think anybody in the medical school will be able to see that but i'm talking about like once you've started your residency and you you know you're like a good year into it and you're still not you know yeah getting and then that so so that, that's a little different story but but yeah so don't be discouraged if if your cv looks entirely different from the 10 other applicants or whatever like we 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 see people from all sorts of as i said the strengths and the backgrounds and the mm-hmm. i mean it helps if you've done electives in radiology it helps if you know that yes this is what i want to do i love sitting mm-hmm. in front of the monitor you know for 8 hours at yes. a time yeah right Um, because i'm learning all these things i'm learning how a disease process looks like uh in the acute phase and how it progresses or it goes down south and you know the complications that come with it and so um you know and and then on different modalities also right you're looking at mri one day and then you're looking at plain films the other day or whatever whatever you end up doing mm-hmm. uh it's if if it grips you and it's you know and it's talents like literally if you if you can't even tell where the time went and that happens to me still to this day mm-hmm. it's like i'm so into what i'm doing that the next thing i know is like oh it's lunch time what the day really went by fast and so you know <laughs> if that i remember my husband actually had initially done geriatrics and it was such a nice cushy lifestyle right he was in the va mm-hmm. system and he mm-hmm. had like two afternoons off and he it was just a clinic based practice and so it was like a 9 to 4 kind of thing no calls yeah. no interactions <laughs> no weekends I mean it was the cushiest thing that you can imagine and 
and he then wanted to switch to nephrology after doing this for about 3 years and i was like you are out of your mind why would you want to give up that lifestyle for something that's that's hard and nephrology is like super hard and and he mentioned that you know you get up in the morning wanting to go to work and i don't and yeah I'm like there you have yeah, yeah. like that's i can't say thing yeah exactly so just find what you're passionate about and and everything just kind of works out in the end Well thank you thank you so much Dr. Buta I it's just um I really look forward to to sharing this with whomever of, of our students oh. who who are listening yeah. and uh yeah. uh it it was incredible hearing your story and kind of how how you came into radiology and what what you think you know obviously there's a diverse uh array of candidates who who make good radiologists uh yeah. but it's about you know if it's something that motivates you and gets you up in the morning uh you should go for yeah. it so Thank you so much um and uh as sort of a reminder you can contact um any students who have questions for you they can contact the podcast through cxrpod@gmail.com or they can also go to we have a twitter now which is uh career at careers rads um uh with any questions you know specifically someone's in a similar situation to you or or, or whatever uh we can always pass it on um and uh thank you so much for your time and i also uh would like to add like i'm i'm going to join your uh twitter here in just a second <laughs> um but yeah if anybody has any questions for me uh, directly um feel free to um email me my email is sadaf.bhutta@seattlechildrens.org um so Great. we'll I'm include more... that in the episode description as well yeah yeah and we didn't even touch on the alternate pathway there's the traditional pathway of the residency and then there's the alternate pathway which i'm also part of um through the University of Washington so if anybody is looking into um coming mm. here to the US for their radiology education and training i would be more than happy to help anybody fantastic thank you so much wish you the You're best so all right thanks all right thanks so much Thanks again for listening in with guest Professor Sadaf Buta, pediatric radiologist and interventional radiologist at Seattle Children's, associate professor of radiology at University of Washington, and alumna and former faculty at the University of Arkansas. She welcomes questions and anyone contemplating the alternate radiology pathway, please reach out. As Dr. Buta mentioned, RSNA is the mother of all radiology conferences with 50,000 attendees and registration is still open for 2021 linked in the episode description. Be well, think about what's right for you and keep in touch. Music